It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the CHGO Bears podcast and a beautiful Thursday as we get ready for the Vikings and we, if you are watching on YouTube live with us, you know that we have royalty to start the show. Good old number 46, a man that did not give two shits about his own body when he played football <laughs> and just crashed into people at the highest level of speed he could possibly. Uh, the great safety, Doug Plank, joining us to start the show with my buddy here, Greg Breggs. Doug, we appreciate it, my friend. Good to see you. Well, thank you. That was that was way over the top. Not not necessarily. Uh, I, I thank you for that report. All I, all I tried to do was play as hard as I could every single play. And, you know, I, growing up in Pittsburgh – you know, Pittsburgh kind of had a tough defense, too. Not, not, not anything like the Chicago Bears back in the 60s and 70s. But I, I always watched Dick Butkus, man. That guy, you know, I kept thinking, obviously I was a safety, so I couldn't ravage running backs like he, he could. But I just tried to do the best I could. Yeah, well, that's, that's why we wanted to bring you on here today because, you know, you know, Dick Butkus, you know, obviously they announced the news right before the Thursday night game. And I wanted to yeah. continue to give Dick his proper light. You know, he deserved that as, you know, uh, the foundation of this franchise. And I think you two were cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. So I was curious to hear your perspective on his life and any memories you had of his career or any personal, you know, interactions you ever had with him. You know, I, I did a couple of events in Chicago with him and Gal Sayers at, at Wrigley Field and, and other other places in town. But you know, he didn't have a lot to say. Lot to say. Uh, you know, he was he played in the movies and he did a whole bunch of things. But uh, I don't think speaking was one of his things that he always wanted to do. I think it was his actions. He he wanted to act rather than talk, and he certainly did that. You can do talking with your body by what you do. And you're out there running around, you're knocking people around. It's, it's sending a message to the t other team as well as your players. This is what has to happen. For us to win this game, this is going to be a beatdown. We're just going to start beating them. You know? and, and really what's happened here in the National Football League, as far as I'm concerned, is that you know, players like myself, they're, they're like banned out of the league now. I mean, I, I would be uh, getting fined beyond my salary and because uh, that's you, the only you way and Dick I knew. Buckus would be arrested for what you guys were doing. <laughs> it was, it was, it was so true. Uh, but he, he, I, I admire him 
And, uh, you know, what I laughed, what I really laughed at, you know, in my fifth year, uh, Buddy Ryan showed up one day down in the meeting room with this defensive scheme that, you know, he's going to put everybody at different positions. And uh, he took me from the middle, you know, uh, from the free safety position, and I moved up seven yards to be the middle linebacker. <laughs> and I said, well, Doug, if you had dreams of being Dick Butchus, it doesn't get any better than this. Because <laughs> you are going to be the middle linebacker. Now, you know, I, I know that, you know, the, the Bears, you know, they upgraded their talent. And I wasn't there for the 85 year. I was there for the 81, 82, 83. And, um, but that's where I, I really gained appreciation more, more for Dick because he was in, in something you're getting hit every play. And especially, you know, when you're not as big as the players that you're hitting, it, it hurts. And, you know, it's not like the hammer and the nail. There's no hammer and nails in football. It's two hammers, and they're just going against each other. And th there's none of this, oh, I, I killed you or I blasted you. Um, the only time I was able to cut down players that were like 300 pounds, I had to hit them like in their knees or, or in their waist. And uh, or if they weren't looking, I could, you know, come up and hit them any way I wanted to hit them. And, you know, but I laughed. I, I laughed when fans started cheering because, <laughs> you know, I, I just thought it was funny. I, I, I thought, you know, those guys are out there trying to get me and I'm out there trying to get them. So it was fun. It, it was a game. It was it was a game within a game. I, I want to get to uh, the current Bears here, but there's just a couple things I want to touch on because that you can speak on that very few can. One, 1982, your last year playing was Mike Ditka's first year as a head coach. And yes. famously, and Buddy was already the defensive coordinator. And yep. when ESPN did their documentary on the Bears, uh, the defense talked about how they, you guys wrote a letter to George Hallis saying that you want Buddy Ryan to stick around, that this guy shouldn't be going anywhere. Well, what's your That's recollection true. of that? And why did Buddy, um, you know, underline why Buddy meant so much to you and to that defense? Uh, you know what? Buddy, Buddy had the ability to talk to a defensive unit or, or, or half the team, basically, defense and offense, and bring tears to their eyes. When you can do that as a speaker in front of a group, you are a powerful speaker. And Buddy Ryan was able to do that several times. And it was sometimes in things that you did or things that you didn't do. Um, Buddy had a really strange grading system. Yeah, we called it the triple crown. You were a dumbass, horseshit, or you blew your mind. <laughs> dumbass, horseshit, blew your mind. So there was no good in there. There was nothing that said, he'd say something like, if you did something really, really good, it was a the, the film ran silently. You know, there was, there was no comment. And Mike Singletary had the hardest time getting adjusted to, adjusted to that. He goes, coach, what does that mean? What? He goes, if you don't know what it means by now, then you know, I, I don't have any time for you. And it was it was tough for Mike really early in those years. When I left, you know, Buddy had him replace me in the 46 defense. And from what I understand, you know, Mike became very humble after that. He he went in and had, I think, a couple talks with Buddy. They became but partners in this plan, not not enemies. And they would 
both be together looking at the game film of the opponent coming up. What would we need to do in this situation? Who do we need to call? What I loved about the 46 defense, there was no wait and read and react, you know, no reacting. As soon as the ball was snapped, 11 guys were taking off. Well, maybe not that many. I would say eight guys were taking off for the quarterback. And it didn't matter what he did. We were like, you knew coming out of the huddle, look out, man, I'm, I'm going to hit this guy. And that's why 50% of the quarterbacks in, in 85 never finished a game. They, they just got destroyed. And, but I, I think Buddy, through his words and his actions, he, he created a group that was so happy to be with each other, you know, always being in big huddles, holding each other, just, just crazy things like that, like back going way back to, you know, midget football, you know, where you got together, all put hands in a circle and stuff. That was it. And it was, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, anything I could do for another teammate at that time, hit somebody, knock them out, take them out of the picture, I was going to do it. And we're going to do it for me. Did you crack guys in practice? Like uh, current, now former Bear Chase Claypool, he's acting up, he's showing up late, he, he was talking a bunch of nonsense to rookie Tyreek Stevenson. Would Doug Plank have tried to find a way to crack him in practice? Yeah, you know what? There's, and I forget what, the, what, what they call it, you know, un, unpublicized enforcement or whatever you wanted to call it. Uh, yeah, that, you know why? Because when players are like that, they are actually taking away from the team. You know, and everybody else knows it. Well, we could sit in that meeting room and the coaches could say nothing. All the players knew who, who was, who, whose games were bad. You know, you could see it every, because they ran those plays back three times. And, and, and all of a sudden now, the tackle that you could have made if you gave a little bit more effort or the interception you could have had if you were going in the right direction, now it mattered. It mattered in the game. And, you know, players didn't want to play with losers. And those losers showed up pretty fast. And but Buddy, I'll tell you what, he would he would take them off to the side and let them have it, and say, you know what, if you want to be on this team, you better show me something this weekend. Otherwise, you're going to be out of here. And he was he was so brutal, um, not not in a yelling, screaming way. I think Mike Mike Ditka was more of that type. And I I, I credit Mike. I credit Mike for the first meeting that we had in 82. Uh, it was in a training camp out in Arizona. And he came in the room and he said, I want to congratulate half of the people in here because this team is going to go to the Super Bowl. And he said, the other half is not going to be here. So, and you don't deserve it. He goes, I've looked at the film. You know, you don't deserve to be on a Super Bowl team. And that, that's going to start right now. So we went out there and he ran, man, he ran us to death, you know, all kind of sprints and laps around the field. And, but you know what, Mike, Mike brought in a totally different, his attitude was more like Buddy Ryan's. Um, you know, our offense, we, we had during games, this is a true fact, during games, there were players on our offense back then that would go into the locker room during the game and make phone calls to their girlfriends or their wives or whatever. And, you know, a couple times the coach is like, where's this guy at? We're, we need, we, he's got to be in there. He's a receiver. We got to put him in the game. Oh, he was in the, he's in the locker room making a call. 
that went on with uh, total, uh, you know, uh, there, there was no consequences. You know, that, that was the, the coach just let it go by. Well, when you do that in front of a team, you lose all respect. And when, when that was happening... We're, we're calling out Neil Armstrong right now. Neil Neil ran a ran a loose ship. Let's 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 name names here, Doug. Um, it's it's long enough. I think we can do it. Well, and you and you talk about the the legacy, you know, of Mike Ditka, and 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 what I'm curious about when you came in with you know, and you and Gary Fensick, obviously, you know, people to this day talk about what you guys brought for this franchise, and it's still remembered very fondly. I mean, the four six defense will live in infamy. Did you guys feel a responsibility from the legacy yes, that Dick Buckus and and yes. Bill George and those guys left when you guys came in? No, no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And I remember even like the games that we lost. And you know, it's it's hard to throw like four interceptions and win a game. So Gary and I started playing games within games. Who could get the most tackles? Who could get the most interceptions? Who could, who could get the most knockdowns? Knockdown of passes. Um, we, we played games with each other. So it was like being at the playground out there the whole game. We're high-fiving each other. And guys on the other team are going, what are you guys so happy about? You're losing the game. I go, no, we're winning the game we're in. <laughs> and it was hilarious. I mean, uh, those, that was Tampa, by the way, too. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed hitting every, every person I could from Tampa. Uh, <laughs> you, who was your what was who was your favorite type of player to hit on defense was it the the wide receiver or the running back or or an offensive lineman trying to lay you out yeah you know what uh there was a i'm not gonna tell you his name it was a monday night game and uh it was a uh, in there all, all week before that this doug plank was a cheap shot cheap shot cheap shot and uh I'm not going to tell you the team either. And uh, I just said, okay, that's fine. Okay, he's a bigger than he's bigger than me. He's like 60 pounds heavier than me, and he's like four inches taller. I think I'm going to hit him during the game. Now, he was a guard, offensive guard. And this team ran like the run sweeps, which means the guard, when he's in his position between the center and tackle, he puts his, he puts his hand up and runs around the end for B2B to be, to be a blocker. So as soon as I saw this, when the when – the, when the play was, when he, they were all lining up, people, I, I learned this on my own. I'm not saying I had great coaching, but I learned this on my own. If linemen are leaning forward on their hand, they are not pass blocking. They are going to run a run play. They're coming across the line of scrimmage. If they are leaning back and they got their hand between their legs and they look like they're getting ready to back up, it's a pass. I don't care what happens in the backfield. We used to always try to run Walter Payton with a, you know, run him on a sweep pass, but he threw the ball. He threw the ball, and he never threw it back to our quarterback because he could, they couldn't throw it as well as Walter. You know, that's a that's a sad statement. It and is. so, but my, all my point is, I saw them. He's leaning back. I go, oh man, this is going to be this is going to be bad because it was one of the. It was, <laughs> this guy was a guard, and. Uh, so I saw him, Here, here's, what, here's what you know too. If one guard is leaning forward and the other guard is leaning back, you can tell which way the sweep is going. It's going towards the guy that has his hand picked up. For, you know what I'm saying? You could tell. Now, right. nobody ever told me this. I, did, I watched end zone, end zone, end zone, end zone. I kept watching it until I, you know, I'm not saying I was the greatest. 
But I showed up at, I, when that sweep came around that end. Believe me, I'm running 12, no, 20, whatever, 20 miles an hour. Uh, I, I, I knew the play. I just knew the play. And I ran up there and hit him, hit him right in the chest, knocked him over backwards on his back. And unfortunately, I broke his sternum. There's a bone, uh, piece of bone there. Um, I, I didn't do it for, I didn't do it for, uh, to be a, a bad person. I, you know, it, that was football. And I, I just felt like, you know, if, if I'm like 60 pounds lighter than him and three inches shorter, can I not hit him during a play? You know, while he's coming around the end, see, he came around the end and he, he cleared the tight end and he, I, I was his worst nightmare. I was coming from 12 yards away and I hit him full blast. And it's just boom, this huge loud collision. And he just laid laying on the ground. I think you and, once I think you once compared it to like hitting an ice cream truck, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it was you know, and really it, it surprises me because some of the, the, the more minor hits that I've had were more painful than the huge ones. Like Jimmy Giles, I that never I, I I didn't feel that at all. And and the only reason why I hit Jimmy the way I did, because when I was closing on him and he was running down the middle of the field, one of our linebackers, Bruce Heron, got tripped up. Now, Bruce is rolling on the ground right in front of Jimmy Giles. And I'm closing from my safety position. What was I supposed to do? I, could, I couldn't keep running because Bruce, you know, Bruce Heron was there, you know, our linebacker. And... Uh, that's the only reason why I elevated it a little bit and, and hit him first with my helmet. And, uh, but you know, then you get no, you get no support. Nobody, nobody says, you know, all of a sudden the discussions about hitting somebody like that, nobody, nobody, all, everybody has amnesia. Nope. He never talked to me about it. Nope. Never, never was, <laughs> never happened here. No, no coach, nobody else wants to be associated with anything that, you know, is bringing harm or injury to the league. And I totally get that. I totally understand that. Um, but I just think that, you know, I was, I was in a no-win situation. And, you know, I had broken ribs from the week before. And I, I played. I, I, I was medically uh, trying to sedated for it. And I decided to play. Um, not, not mentally, but physically at a spot. And... Man, when you get you get broken ribs, I'm telling you to laugh, cough, smile, have a hiccup. It hurts like you never can imagine. Yeah. It's it's like someone punching you in the gut. <laughs> well, uh, Doug, I'm gonna just title you as we take a little uh, get our partners in here for a second. But one of the greatest lunatics to ever play the game of football is with <laughs> us here on the CHGO Bears podcast, yes. and we appreciate it at the end of the earth. Uh, we're going to talk about the current Bears coming on back here, and also I got some Walter Payton questions as well. Uh, but I don't know if you use this, Doug, but you should because you put your body through a ton. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to uh, explore, discover, purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside... Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season. 
really just elevate your comfort in your life. It's Illinois' favorite dispensary. Uh, there's the Mindy's, the good news, the high supply. What's high supply, you ask? High supply offers quality weed that's always available. Buds are expertly grown, lab-tested, available in vape carts, vape pens, flour, popcorn, shake, pre-rolls, shorties, and... Uh, Lawrence Benedetto's favorite, the concentrates. He loves that. I do? You do. Okay. Uh, at least today you do. Through August 15th, uh, August 15th, through October 15th, thank you very much, which is three more days you have for this particular deal, and there'll be more coming. But through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop, use the code CHGO25 at checkout, and you get 25% off your total order, one use per customer. It's not stackable with other promotions. It's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. You have to be 21 or over or an Illinois med card holder. Sunnyside.shop. Use that code CHGO25. That's right. And we're excited to partner with Circa Sportsbook here recently. They've been a really fun partner out at our tailgates and uh, coming up on some other live events. Uh, games strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike other sportsbook, which may use minus 115 or one or minus 120 splits. Circus Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to the other books. They've got high app limits and transparency, so you don't have to worry about that. They're always transparent. Circus Sports does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the the same limits, unlike other sports books who do limit winning players. We encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available to see for yourself. Uh, go ahead, compare the lines from each sportsbook and see what you find out. Circus Sportsbook's always on top. They've got great customer service. They are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a time li- timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. They're there in person. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Cir- Circus Sportsbook at Circa Ro- Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. we all seen the pictures of the giant TVs in the pool. Can't wait to get there one of these days uh so download the circus sports uh download the circus sports illinois at circusports.com slash illinois dash app to sign up today also be on the lookout for circa events watch parties and tailgates like i said coming up here this sunday uh when you come to our chgo bears tailgate at the corner of wabash and cermak so if you or someone you may know have a gambling problem Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2573, or text GAMB to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Love our friends at Circa. Looking forward to seeing them out there on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing you out there on Sunday. All right, we'll get back to your experience on, on the playing field, Doug, in a second. But when you look at the Bears, I know you're, you know, a watcher, a diehard, rooting for your former team. They're sitting here at one and four. What have you liked? What have, what have you not liked to the first five games? I mean, they've looked a, a lot better the last two weeks, no doubt about that. Yeah, they, but. They, they really did. I mean, I have, I have to give them credit. I mean, uh, no, no former player should be in a position to have to criticize, you know, an existing team because the players, the coaches, nobody, nobody enjoys it, you know, whether it's a general manager or whatever the case might be. And I, I really think the way they've been playing the last couple of games is an example of what they could be. And is there still some issues on that team? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a few things that could be corrected. I'm, I'm not the general manager or head coach, 
But on the other hand, I do think that they could improve in, in some of their areas. But that's not that they don't have good players. They have good players. And uh, there's, you know, you, you only need a couple games to lose. You know, that's why I love the turnover margin in football because it really, it, it determines so many times the winning and losing of the game, of the team. And, you know, you don't have to be getting blown out 31 to nothing. Uh, although, you know, I, I'm just trying to, you know, watch the, the game, you know, and, and I try to, you know, number one, a lot of times too, you don't know who's hurt out there. Uh, there was a lot of times I was hurt. I couldn't run as fast as I wanted to. Um, when I was in those cases, I pretty much went to the sideline as fast as I could and said, hey, listen, you need to get somebody else in there. I'm not doing my job. Uh, you know, I'm not running the ball. I'm not making tackles, whatever the case might be. And uh, so, I mean, I think some of that has happened to a certain degree. But, you know, it's it's really a pretty simple game. Are you scoring points or are you stopping people from getting into the end zone? And that's it. Yeah, I mean, to me, when you watch this team, they, they needed a, a fire lit under their ass. And it yes, seems like these did. last two weeks with the offensive resurgency, that seems to have happened now they gotta they gotta show up here this Sunday against the Vikings. You know, my hope with the ten day layover is they haven't been reading the press clippings that they're they're gonna come out with a sense of urgency like they did on Thursday. Doug, you should know that Greg fired the coach the entire coaching staff two <laughs> weeks ago. He uh he he's, he's he's been having a very rough time over here, Doug. It's not it's not gone well for this guy who was well, basically convinced that they were gonna make the playoffs this season and he had and he also reported during training camp that Chase Claypool was dominating, not to underline that point for the hundredth time. You know so he's had a rough guys, time. You know, really what you just talked about, I mean, what coaches like that what I mean I coached for 10, 11 years. I, if our team was really, really great, I never said one single word. I let the, the on-the-field performance tell that story. If you come out, we're this, we're that, we're great, we're, no one's going to beat us. Well, you've just sent a message out to everybody else. Hey, who are, the, who are these guys? Wait wait till we come to town. You know, we're going we're gonna to beat you, and not only beat you, but beat you up. And that's what happens. And you don't, you know, it's the old, you know, letting, a, you know, an animal lie, lie still without aggravating them. You know, I don't think they've handled that very well this year, too. A couple times where they criticized the other team or made some comment, a critical, a negative, a negative comment about their team. You know what? I've been on teams. This sounds crazy. All you, all you don't need, you only need one story like that and look out. You, you got monsters over there now. They can't wait to play you. And, you know, they're not going to take no for an answer. They're going to beat you. I, I really, I'm just, I'm trying to think of the exact moments that you're talking about with the talking. What I, what, what stood out with me with the talking, Doug, is that there was, you know, there was a point in the season where, uh, you know, and it made a lot of news and Luke Getze spoke today about the offense and did Justin say playing free matter to, you know, did that, did you guys redo the offense because of that? Did, did you guys adjust from that? And he pushes back on that hard. We've, we've had a zillion conversations, that press conference, that moment in time didn't matter, but you see the offense coming alive. You're sitting there as a, a former player watching the quarterback talking out about the coaches, not really, you know, just, just expressing, being honest for a second. Then he got a huge yeah. bunch of pushback on, then he Correct. had to apologize. It was all, it was all super super awkward and I didn't think it was that big of a deal that he said I I I, under, I thought it was great but wh what was your reaction at the time and how how do you think it's in general they've supported the QB I, 
I, you know, I saw him in, in, in college at Ohio State. I, I thought he was a completely, uh, I thought he was the guy that's going to go to the Bears and, and be wonderful, you know, just do all the things that they expected him to do. And obviously that hasn't happened. I think there's a little bit of confidence on his part. Maybe, you know, I, I, I don't think he's still played as well as he could, even though he's done some great things on the field. And, but I, I just think that, you know, when, when you have a team that's struggling like this, like they are right now, you know, I hate to say it, but you got to just keep, you keep your head down and just keep plowing and just keep working out every day and watching film. And because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get better. And all the teams you're playing against, when you see a team that's struggling and having a hard time, you're going, oh, my gosh, here we go. We're going to destroy these guys. You know, we're, we're, we're going to go out there and knock these guys all over the place. And it's, that's not how it is. You get out there on the field, and then all of a sudden, wow, this isn't the same team we saw on film. These guys are running around, blocking this, catching passes, you know, and running and tackling and, I mean, all that sort of thing. So I just say don't take anybody for granted. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, the teams that, you know, I'll, I'll just say this too. You know, when, you, when, when they had that winless streak, I truly believe in my heart it's harder to go winless than it is to go undefeated. Because even during the course of the season, you have a game where everything goes your way. All the, all the, all the turnovers come your way. All the passes are great for touchdowns. You know, you're running back, he runs like, you know, Walter Payton. The Bears haven't had that this year. And I just keep wondering for that game, you know, when's that gonna come? And but I'll say this, you know, over the last couple of weeks, it's, it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot better. And you'll see things on the field that you haven't seen before, like guys chasing guys down from the other, other side of the field, you know, that were like on the left end and they ran across the field to try to tackle somebody. Here's the one thing I don't understand, though, and this is truer in college than in the NFL. If you have a short yardage situation, you're on third down because NFL – it's the whole game is built on third down conversions. If you can do that, you're going to score touchdowns. You're going to get field goals. You're going to do all those things. Why do the Bears constantly, when they need yardage, short yardage for a third down, five yards, three yards, why do they continually run into the short side of the field? Oh. Now, I realize it's only like an eight or nine yard difference from the other side. It's still, that's huge. And yep. it's so hard to go over there. We never, in college, we never went, went to that weak side on, on, on third down. It's, it's too easy. It's, um, uh, and they do it, they get stopped, and then they run it again. And they run it again. I, I just think, you know, when a play isn't working for you and you're still running it over and over and over again, that's laziness by the coaching staff because they're just calling the same play. They got their sheet here, you know, they got their sheet, you know, their boards, whatever they, whatever they call them, you know, like this. <laughs> oh, man, okay. Hey, let me tell you, this is third down. I don't want anybody else to hear this. Um, you know what? If you're getting your beat, butt beat 21 nothing, I don't really care about this. I, I, I'll broadcast any anybody who wants to hear the play I'm calling. I, you can hear it because <laughs> – it doesn't really matter at that point in time. You well, know, well, Doug, for years they would tell me, I, you know, I couldn't, you know, record when, before I was in media, I couldn't record plays at camp. 
and everybody would be like, what are they hiding? Nobody wants these plays. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. Yeah, yeah, so what's your what's your temperature on this coaching staff? You know, I, I think we're all rooting for everyone, players and coaches, yes, to no turn doubt. this around. But there's just been some things that are red flags to me. And one of the bigger ones with Matt Eberflus is through the losing, he would come to the podium after games and and start with the positives. And 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 for me, I think I I prefer a coach that's a little more hardline that isn't going to yeah. try to sugarcoat it. You know, right. and and maybe they're going to turn the corner, and and I'm rooting for that. But where where do you stand with this coaching staff? You know, from what you're seeing from your vantage point, I I would have to agree with you 100. percent I think that um, that we were told before the season began, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best ever, the greatest ever. We're just going to come out and just run over top everybody, and it, and it didn't happen. So when you say that and you don't do it, there's a lot of expectation. And then you get criticism also. There's people out there that say, no, that they can't do that. That's that that team is not capable of doing that. And and I don't know how the media is there in Chicago. If it was the same as when I was there, they're not cutting you any slack. I mean, till you start winning games, you know, what what do we want to talk about a great Chicago Bear fan? You know, it's uh, or game, <laughs> going to the games and you know, all all those sort of things. Um but I, I, I really have been impressed, like I said, with the last couple of weeks. So I've been seeing things that I haven't seen before, uh, not necessarily touchdowns or any, but, but effort, effort, and yep. picking up yep. big yardage, picking up big yardage at times. Doug, if you saw George House back in the day in the hallway, would you say hello or would you kind of growl at him? I would probably say, hi, Mr. House, and just put my head down and walk by him. Okay. In fact, that's what I did. That's what I did. Um, I didn't really know. I, I, I don't. I don't think I ever had a five-minute conversation with him. Um, it, you know, not that he was. He, he was very uh, ordinary person, very down to earth. And he came in one time. Uh, was this was about my fifth year, and he. This was training camp, and it was like the first day of training camp, which I thought was pretty pretty special. And he came in and he introduced himself as the owner of the team. And you know what? To me, I don't know. The more things that you can tie into that will propel somebody to play better or play harder, let's do it. Let's do it. And I I thought him coming down that day and he shook hands with everybody and all that sort of thing. You know what? I I think you just felt better about playing for the Chicago Bears. Did you fear him? No, I didn't fear him because I I, I knew I already knew I could get cut at any moment. When you're a 12th round draft pick, uh, what are are they going to lose? You know, that was... Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in a lot of offices around the NFL, the secretaries and janitors pick all the guys over 10 rounds. And that's, that's, that's a true story. And I, I don't think uh, scouts even want to be bothered with it. And your, your, your rookie year was 1975. You're a 12th round draft pick. Yeah. Do you remember what you that's made? Uh, with my bonus, which was $2,500, I made 17000 17,000. Wow. Yeah. Can you think about that? That is insanity. And then do, do, you, do you remember the most you ever made in one year? Yeah, I made $100,000 my eighth year. And 100 grand in his uh, eighth year. Yeah. Take care of the NFL vets, man. Yeah. That is, uh, I mean, you're obviously, you look like you're doing well for yourself. Right. Though, I mean, but you, that, didn't, you didn't get rich playing the game. Well, that's the point. I no. mean, we wanted, no. we wanted to, that's the point, man. We wanted to spotlight 
you know, Dick Buckus a little more. I felt like it would it, everything happened so fast with the game, then the Bears win, and we obviously touched on it. But I, I'm happy you were able to come on and shed some light. But we always want to give those roses when they're deserved, and and give them to you as well, Doug. I mean, uh, you've become a good friend of mine here the last few years, and and I'm honored to say that. But it's I want to continue to give you the roses. There's so many people here in the live chat that your career meant so much to them and is the reason they're a Bears fan. So uh, getting your perspective is is uh, refreshing. Would you ever want to, like if the Bears invited you, would you ever want to speak in front of the team? Yeah, I would be. I mean, uh, you know what? It's, um, it's the relationship, though. When you're a player on the team, you're a player on the team. When you're not a player on the team, you're – somebody that is up there in society you're you're um i'm not i don't even know if i could speak to the team you know it's i'm not saying you know that it's it's a complete uh cut the cut the wires and all that kind of stuff uh but it i don't know you you just think that the bonds would be a little stronger you know like to give example at ohio state uh in the off season when the season ends in, in december usually you know in a bowl game then for January, they have a date in January where you meet 300 CEOs and people from companies around the country that mostly located in Columbus that want to hire you on their on their team, and they come in and they give talks and they have presents, they have workshops and they have all this all their products are all laid out. You you meet in a huge like a auditorium over at the university, and. I'm just thinking that is amazing, you know, that uh, there are certain teams that, you know, buy into that, like like at Ohio State, you know, it's right. like that that was one of the things of coming to Ohio State. It's, it's not like, hey, we're going to get your son a job. He's going to be here for four years, but if he doesn't play pro football, we're going to introduce him to the vice presidents and CEOs of all these companies. And it, it's relieving. It's very relieving. And so, if you were in that, if you were in that locker room right now, going into this Sunday, what would you? What would be your message to the team as a leader? I would say mistakes. Don't don't end the mistakes. Don't, especially mental mistakes. Mental mistakes hurt you more than physical mistakes because usually physical mistakes are like a five. You know, the, the runner will run another five yards before he gets tackled. A mental mistake will mean the guy's in the end zone celebrating with the ball. So, you and you know what? It's like when you're in, when you're an employer like I am, and I was for 20 years in fast food. Hire fast, no, hire slow, fire fast. In other words, be careful who you bring in on your team. And Dion has done done a great example of this. You know, there were some people in Colorado on the football team that didn't have the dream. They didn't have the belief. And he came in and he said, if you're not like that, you're not gonna be on my team. So he went out and got guys that were all in. They were all in. And watching some of those games early on were fantastic. I mean, it was yep. fun to watch them. I mean, that's, and you're gonna win. You're gonna win and you're not gonna make mistakes. And it's those he came in with the he came in with the Dicka message. I, I love that we I love that Doug Plank came on the show and referenced what Dion's doing in Colorado. That's amazing. I, that's that, I, the same Dicka message. I, you're gonna, half of you're yep. gonna be on this team winning a championship. The other half of you're gonna be gone. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes over there, uh, Doug, but. Matt Eberfuss has been looking for somebody to be a defensive senior a- analyst. Are you available? 
You know what? And I, I, I've seen, I see that situation from afar. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, I'm, I'm not bragging, but someone like me or Gary Fensick, we, we could make a difference. We can make a difference with these players because we could talk right to them like, hey, listen, we're player to player. And you know, what you're doing is just not get it. And, you know, we could give them a lot of tips, but you know what, I, I don't see any, there's no uh, program to reach out to, to me or Gary or anybody like that. And, and, and I'm not saying there should be, you know, I, if, when I had problems with my company with Burger King, I, I, I was very careful with who they spoke to because I didn't want poison going into their ranks, you know, and in talking to the employees. And, but you know what, it's, it's more than X's and O's and your, and your coach can't get up there for, you know, 25 minutes and say a bunch of F-bombs and say, okay, let's go get them. I'm sorry, that's disrespectful. You feel like that's, that's what you think of us? Um, it, 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 it's a special decision and you need the right guy there that, and I'm not saying they don't have them because, you know, I, I know I've heard nothing but good things, but I just think this thing could play out and whatever they decide to do at the end of the season. Doug, we really appreciate the time, and I'd also like to thank you for your service at Burger King because as a kid growing up <laughs> on Skokie Road, the, I still maintain the Whopper Junior as the or the Whopper, and not to take the Junior out, Whopper with cheese is the greatest fast food sandwich. I don't care what anyone says. Thank you so much. Uh, and more importantly, thanks for being here, and thanks for everything you did on the field for the Chicago Bears. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. The great Doug Plank okay. with us here, who I, I – Braggs, are you taking that tape and, and delivering it to Matt Eberflus? Yeah, absolutely. Because somebody you need needs to get him in that locker room, somebody, speak to the team. I, I mean, he he's he's got the energy. He makes me and Carm look calm. So that you know that just goes to show you how high energy he has. And, I love Doug Plank. All right, uh, <laughs> another guy I love who's he's short on time. So let's bring him in. Yeah, uh, Adam Adam Hogue out at Hallis Hall. Hogue, did you, I I think you I think hold on. You understand I have to do like four things, right? No, give I don't. Give me a minute. I don't well, we understand, don't understand. What you <laughs> Why? Why not? We do this every week. Just give I me a minute to get I, him on I screen don't here. Know well, we will I bring don't. him on, okay. and when Let's... you're ready, we'll talk to him, because I'm excited right. to hear about what he had to say there he is. from Hallis there, Hall. There, there it is. What's Let's up, Hoger? What's up, guys? Good stuff with uh, Doug there. What do you think? Plank for defensive senior analyst, Bears defense, next level. He'll teach you how to go out and kill people. We need some of that. I'm trying to just figure out where on the list of most overrated, most over-talked about um, conversations regarding this football team that we've had over the last decade or so, where this senior defensive analyst conversation comes in. It's just, it's unbelievable. Just, <laughs> but we just hired him for him. Like we're done. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Hire Plank, be done with it. <laughs> Once again, the person doing that job is analyzing advanced opponents. Yeah, so, that wouldn't be Doug's job. Doug's job would be to just get the team riled up when they run out that tunnel. Doug could it's do different it. job. He'd look at he'd look at advanced opponents. He'd say, "Go in there and kill that dude." That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's what we need. I don't think why, this is why, a good idea. Why 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 complicate things? Let's just simplify it down for this group. All right, uh, back on track. I listened to Luke Getzi. I listened to John Hogue. The only thing that stands out to me, Hogue, from today's pressers is that. Luke Getze is pushing back hard that Justin saying anything 
at the time about wanting to play free has anything to do with the fact that the offense has turned around. He he has been asked that numerous times. Like, no, we talk all the time. Get that out of your head. That had nothing to do with anything. Did that stand out to you at all? Yeah, it did, and I found it kind of awkward. I, I don't really – this definitely fun – you know, I file it under the category of things that I don't really understand why – there needs to be pushback uh, from the coaches on it. Like, I don't see what's wrong with being like, yeah, you know, it's a, it it, it was a great collaborative discussion that we had. We, you know, it's always good to hear your players feedback and we addressed it and, you know, the results have been better. Like, I I don't, I don't see why it's a big deal. I thought it was a fair question from Mark Grody today. Um, The other thing I found interesting and I, for a split second debated, you know, chiming in with a follow-up on, but then I was like, you know, and it really just doesn't matter. Um, like he basically said they didn't have that discussion privately. Yeah, he did. They did. I mean, Fields said they did. Fields was like, yeah, I voiced this to my coaches. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's not worth rehashing. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I, yes, I did. I did find that response from Luke Getzey today just a little odd. But that's it. I don't necessarily think it's a big deal. I just um, it was a little weird. Defensive is the word that. I yeah. Mean, if we're go- like you don't need to be defensive about this. Yeah. Yeah. My quarterback wanted to do things a little bit different. I, we adjusted. It was great that we had that that uh, moment where we, you know, figured out some things that could work better. You asked him about cadences, which has gotten better as of as of late. I, I think, by all accounts, that the Bears are at least more in sync with the offensive line. What, what, why was that top of mind for you? Well, just because I think it's been a big deal so far this season. I think it's led to a lot of um, unnecessary penalties. Um, while I do think it's improved what I was trying to get at more is like has it turned into a weapon right because that's what you want it to be you want it to be a weapon you want it to be um, a weapon that you're giving is giving you an advantage over the defense from firing off the football to helping your offensive line yep and I thought in the first four games it was almost like working against them more than it was helping Um, and obviously when you have that many guys coming in and out uh it's not ideal but i thought it it, this is really hard to see even on film but i thought it got better even maybe when cody whitehair moved to center in the middle of that game um almost like the guy that practiced there all off season made it yeah um so yeah, that's kind of where I was getting at because I think that that actually can be something that really does help the offensive line, especially um, going forward. And so I hope that's the case, that it is getting better, that they are getting better results, that that thing, that the cadences actually are a weapon uh, and not something that's working against them. You know, Nick asked a good question yesterday uh, talking about, you know, the looks that they're getting from defenses now that Fields is starting to stretch the field with DJ Moore. And they said, well, you know, in the last game, they, they gave a lot of single high safety even after they kept throwing the ball downfield. You know, going into this matchup, was there anything Getzey had to say as far as the things they're going to be looking at? Obviously, Minnesota likes to dial up the blitz, but I'm sure they'd like to see more of those one-on-ones with DJ Moore. Yeah, you know, I think that um, the biggest thing that Getzey talked about today, and 
I think it's something everyone inside House Hall understands is they're going to have to get somebody besides DJ Moore going here, um, especially when it comes to wide receivers. And I think the, the most obvious candidate is Darnell Mooney. Um, what's interesting is Bears have used a lot more 12 personnel recently, which only puts two wide receivers on the field. So that makes it DJ and Darnell. It's certainly got two tight ends you can throw to as well. And the Bears did get the ball to both Cole Komet and Robert Tanyan in that game, but no other wide receiver had a catch. So whether they're bringing more attention over to DJ Moore, which is certainly uh, something if I was game planning, I would expect. Yeah. Um, if you you got to find ways to get the ball to Darnell Mooney. Now, they tried in that game a few different times, and they just didn't connect. So whether that's just a chemistry thing or um, – whatever uh it really shouldn't be i mean we've heard about justin and darnell working for yeah. three years now it's um, just happenstance they've had good chemistry yeah but uh, at the same time i think the chemistry between fields and dj Moore in a much shorter period of time is already better so i i mean i don't think you can just ignore that um regardless the point is they got to get some of these other wide receivers going and um, that's the obvious counter to when a defense is going to try to take out your best player. Now, I don't think I don't necessarily think the Vikings have the personnel to do that. I, I would personally still try to force the ball to DJ Moore because when you have a perfect passer rating to a certain wide receiver, why stop throwing it there? Um, now you got to be smart about it. You want to hit your open guy, but uh, it is certainly something to, something to watch this Sunday. It's a very Bears philosophy. Like, oh, no, this is not going to work anymore. It's like we're versus like if we're playing Minnesota, we're not running in there and stopping Justin Jefferson. We're sitting worried the guy's going to kill us. They're not going to go away from him because we figured out that Justin Jefferson's good. But for some reason with the Bears, like, oh, no, they figured out DJ's good, so we're going to have to get somebody else going, which they do. Uh, Hogue, he was asked by Mark Potash about Tyler Scott. Like, shouldn't this guy be – in line to get some opportunities. And, and Getsy's like, well, rookie, and yes, but it, it takes time. So, I mean, if, if you're a betting man right now, I would not be putting any money down that Tyler Scott's about to bust out in this offense. Did you have that takeaway at all? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect that. I mean, look, you – you don't have to look too far around the league to see more of what it's supposed to look like for these wide receivers, these rookie wide receivers. Okay. The, the, the most extreme example right now being Puka Nakua in Los Angeles. Um, there's other examples though, like Jordan. I mean, Addison the Vikings have a guy, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison coming to soldier field uh, this Friday or this, uh, excuse me, uh, Sunday. You can see where my brain's at Friday night lights. Um, Jordan Addison being another example. Uh, even if you're going to go farther down the line, like Rasheed Rice um, with the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Like they're getting their the extreme example being Puka getting, you know, setting records. But even like the smaller examples, these wide receivers are getting two or three looks per game, two catches, 20 yards, like whatever it is. Rice has a touchdown or two at this point. Tyler Scott's hardly been involved. You know what I mean? Like he's not even getting targets really. So yes, you'd like to see that happen, but is there any indication that it actually will? I mean, I I don't see that right now. I I think it's just uh, until until they start to prove it, I don't think you can count on it. 
Yeah, I, I think that more opportunities are going to also help that because they, you know, I think the offense sputtering the first three weeks well, had a big hand in that. Just, just put me in the category of I don't get it on that one. The dude's fast. He's elusive. Separates. He, he separates. You don't, you don't have a ton in that room right now. Valus is not exactly about to step up. Claypool obviously is gone. I would, I would think it'd be. I'd be leaning into what Tyler Scott could give you, but apparently the Bears are not loving what they're seeing. Maybe it was the drops that we saw a ton of. I'm not sure, but I. Well, I, I think they're also in a lot of 12 man personnel, right, Hogue? I yeah. mean, I'm, I think that's the other aspect of it. They're bringing two tight ends in more here the last few weeks, and that's helped give some good pockets for Justin Fields. Usually it's the T word trust. Nope. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. All right, anything else that stood out well, for you no, today? Yeah, yeah, the thing I want to ask is about the injury report real quick because we're all it's – a, it's a laundry list. It's a long list. Uh, any updates you have for us on guys that are going to be playing? I'm really hoping to see Kyler Gordon out there. Yeah, well, it's illegal for me to tell you anything I saw at practice. They will carry Just me out of this room. predictions. Nothing you saw at out practice. Of this, out of this building in handcuffs. No, they won't do that. <laughs> um, but um, – no, I just I, it's a it's a it's a long list, but I actually think it's a more positive list than negative, if that makes sense. Because um, you know a lot of the names, part of the reason why it's longer is because you had guys return from IR, and so they get put on that list when they didn't have to be on that list earlier. Um, hearing John Hoke talk today. I think you definitely got Jalen Johnson back this week. You definitely have Kyler Gordon back this week. Nice. Um, it was sound, sounded a little bit more iffy on Eddie Jackson, um, which I think is a big one to watch over these next few days. Not necessarily worried about Cole Komet and whatever Braggs did to Cole in studio. I didn't do it. Don't forget Carm's little mishap during our interview with Cole. Remember what he did where he was like, Cole's what, missing? What, he made him sing? No, remember he said something along oh, the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You misspoke at one point and you He you, jinxed him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember? And it made Cole uncomfortable. That is like, that's Cole's on you, missing for Sunday and everybody's like, Whoa, whoa, you don't yeah. remember Carm doesn't remember what he did yesterday. Are you talking about when well, I confused him for Khalil Herbert? Yes. 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 Okay, you jinxed yes. this. This okay. is your fault. Okay, this is moronic conversation. Anything keep going. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all I had to say. I threw him uh, under the bus. Okay, I had that, that's it. fine. Um, all right, Hogan, I know you got to get out of that room, but uh, I, I do want to just underline, they love Terrell Smith, right? Uh, th- we're going to see I mean, Terrell Smith. I think they like the early return, sure. Yeah, But okay. you know. I, I think you're going to see a rotation at cornerback. I think he's going to play. If you see a rotation, then I think that says a lot. But, but uh, you know, that's still... A, a wait and see thing. I, I, I do put, I do have that high on my list of things that are, will be interesting to just see how that plays out on Sunday. Okay. All right, brother. Great seeing you. I'm, we miss we you. We missed you desperately yesterday. All right. Yep. The rumors aren't true. I'm fine. I'm good. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow or something. <laughs> or maybe never. See you later. <laughs> see you for pregame on Sunday at the tailgate. Let's go. Bears. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hogue out at Hallis Hall. And we've got a hard out on that. So Briggs, you should tell us what's going on in your world. I'm right always going to tell you what's going on because Carm never knows what's going on. And when I know what's going on, I'm going straight to my guys over at FOCO. Make sure you use the code CHGO on all non presale items. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. 
It's playoff baseball season. Get your Aloha shirts. Diamondbacks fans, congratulations to our all-city friends uh, across the nation. They're going to the NLCS, baby. Straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Not the Dodgers, though. Because all they do is choke unless they get their Mickey Mouse championship. Set decorations like you see here in front of you. Uh, this sweet Walter Payton stand-up, Justin Fields bobblehead. FOCO has donated a few awesome pieces for our sets. So go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. We also love our friends at Circle K. We've been excited to partner with them for a while now. It's just been an awesome time stopping into your local Circle K where Braggs is getting his Dr. Pepper Zero Sugars. Diet Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Yeah, and your Pepsis and all that. Uh, Check out Circle K for the best coffee, beer, snack selection, the premium gas, uh, freebies as well. that they're making available for you. It's America's Thirst Stop. They've got a new free membership program. You're going to save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. So if you become a member there, 25% off on your first five Phillips. That's awesome. Uh, And get every sixth free on selection of Circle K products, pizza, coffee, the fountain drinks. Join the inner circle for free. Download that Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply. It's all at participating locations. Visit circledk.com for details. But just remember, we're hooking you up here. 25 cents off your next first, uh, your next five Phillips when you go do it at Circle K. That's an awesome deal. So you listen to the show, you get value with our partners. There you go. Thank you to our friends at Circle K. That's right. Um, I don't know. Jake might be in a meeting. He did have a surprise uh, for us, but I don't know. He He might be busy. Yeah. How about a diehard rate, anyone? Do you know what the surprise is? Because I didn't know there was a surprise. He said he had a surprise. I don't know what the surprise is. But I will tell all you guys, now is as good a time as ever to become a diehard here at CHGO Sports, especially here with CHGO Bears. We, uh, you know, you get a discount on the tailgates we talk a lot about. Got one coming up here on Sunday at the corner of Wabash and Cermak. Three more to go. Uh, You get all-you-can-eat firewater barbecue Delicious food, mac and cheese, wings, pulled pork. Uh, It's really the nines. And then you get all-you-can-drink Goose Island beer, as always. And we appreciate those guys. Circa Sports is going to be out there. Our new um, sponsors, Olipop, is going to be there. You're an Olipop guy, right? Olipop is straight delicious. Straight delicious. So if if you're not looking to drink before the game and you just want to have a nice olipop we're gonna have all the olipops you can drink olipop whoa that was impressive you eddie eddie loves one you need to make the move to olipop way better every time you say olipop healthier for you i love our friends at olipop what's wrong with this 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 isn't okay olipop's not healthier than this olipop is a thousand times you're selling me on it i like this yes and you'll love it yes so become a diehard uh discounts on events like the tailgates like we said you get a free shirt out the gate 
Uh, if you go to chgolocker.com, you can get discounts on all those uh, shirts in the future if you become a diehard. We got happy hours where we hang out in a Zoom. Uh, Gary, I know he's saying in the chat, let's get one on. Carm was literally just saying two days ago, when's our next happy hour? So we want it I'm- to. We're going to try to schedule one as soon as possible for all our diehards. That's exclusive to diehards. So that's kind of the stuff that you get a lot of different advantages, including Adam Hoag's newsletter that he puts out weekly. I have a meeting with upper management today on a couple of things so i will be tackling the the next diehard so okay final thing before we go we got a hard out we got the cubs coming up but i did want people to understand where my headspace is at if you'll just bear with me because i'm not going to be on the pregame show and and thursday night football is here in a few hours so i just want people to understand we're not we are rooting for the chicago bears to win football games but There are other games to pay attention to if you're a Chicago Bears fan and want the best for this future, so for the future of this franchise. So if you'll bear with me, and and my guy Lawrence going to pull this up, we got the Panthers at my – first off, we got Thursday Night Football, Broncos at KC tonight. So that's that's very important. One-win team. Go Broncos. We got Panthers at Miami. Obviously, they're going to get doused and move to 0-6. Patriots at one and four. They are at Las Vegas. Need them to lose, Carm. Cardinals. Hey, these are going to hey, be tough games, but you, you want never the Patriots know. Patriots to win. You want the Patriots, uh, Patriots to, win. to win. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to run through this because we got you know yeah. you got Cubs Take coming your time. up. You got no, Cubs not coming up at 120. They're at three today. Cardinals at Rams. So all these one win teams. We got a one win with the Raiders. Now we need the Raiders to lose. So. Got some things in the workings here, but it looks like the Panthers should fall to 0-6, barring some miracle. And then, obviously, you want the Bears to win. You want the Bears to win this week, but at some point we need the Vikings to get back going after they play the Bears just to get one win out of the way, just to separate that gap with the Panthers at no wins and then the rest of the one-win teams to two wins. So there's a lot of different games that you should be fully invested in as a Bears fan, rooting for the failures of other teams. Right. Uh, thank you for This all- is a much more fun tank watch is the point. Like, people get so mad when you say the, 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 the T word. But this is a fun tank watch because we're rooting for someone else's tank, not our own. You know what I'm saying, Carm? I do, Greg, and I think it's excellent that you underline that. I think it's bringing you more comfort into your football season. <laughs> it just makes me more invested in the other games. My fantasy <laughs> team's gone to shit for the second year in a row. Well, it's you so didn't I want to get invested. Out your roster. Yeah, I'm busy. You know, I got a lot of things going on, but it's fun to pay attention to these other games and and root for the failures of these other teams. Herb Howard's in the chat. All valid points, Braggs. And if Herb is saying I'm making valid points, I'm literally going to write that down in my calendar. I finally made it. A I'm, valid point per Herb Howard. I'm literally going to screenshot that. I'm going to tweet it out. And every time I make a terrible point, I'm going to use this screenshot as my proof that I make valid points. I mean, I don't want to be the hater on this show. but, but, <laughs> yes, but yes, you do. But, but you underlining that it's good for these teams to win seems so unbelievably overly basic that I that I, I can't I just can't fade well, just I want to give people the rundown of what to watch for okay it's just so we're all no, on it's the a same. good it's a good it's a good underlining uh, how many how many games are in an NFL season we got 17 now what's one plus four five wow what's <laughs> 17 minus five 12 right I know these are not trick questions you got all this. I'm like scared so so tw- t- 12 
to 17. How much of the season is left? One third, two thirds? Almost half. Half would be. <laughs> almost half. Half would be. Uh, it's not almost half. No. Half would be 8.5. Right. Okay, there's 12 games so a left. Third. That'd be two thirds. That'd be 66%. Well, one third, we got two thirds left of the season. One third. Two thirds of the season is left, dude. But when we talked about this before the year, we talked about the Panthers' schedule. Even during the schedule release show. Don't give me that look. I am giving you this look. And you were like, man, the Panthers really could go in the tank to start the year. And you were right. Look at this. They're going to start 0-6. Okay. my But... The point, Greg, that I'm trying to make is that it's it's excellent you did this work and made a graphic and underlined. Well, well Lawrence yeah. made the graphic. Yeah, he did a terrible graphic and was like, "Put it on the screen," and I'm like, "It okay. looks bad." All right, he it, did it's great that you had an idea and had and helped and had Lawrence. Every week we need to follow this. I, I understand, but again, um, as Kevin and, and Doug are amazed at your math, there is 66 percent of the season left. It's so unbelievably early. I do not care. I, is it, you know what? It's the same people that tell me not to worry about this that were telling me it didn't matter how high our draft pick was last year. Look good, how that worked out for everyone. We got DJ Moore, a future first-round pick, which might become another 12 future first-round picks. So I don't want to hear it from anybody telling me <laughs> what to worry about. I know exactly what to worry about. I told you all that the top pick mattered last year. You wanted to fight me on it. Some did. And now look where we're at now. So I, I'm not listening to anybody but myself. I, I think we should do what Doug Dyer is suggesting. Can we get a five as half of 17 meatball shirt? <laughs> I think we should do that. I love Doug. I think we should. And Doug we, lives in the greater Carolina area. Did you, pretty, did pretty you sure. take algebra? No. In algebra 2, I be, uh, algebra 1, uh, Mr. David got me through, but I didn't deserve it. Algebra 2, I walked in there senior year. They wrote you all took these. Algebra 2 No, as I didn't. A I'm going to tell the story. Algebra 2, I walked in first day of school. He wrote all these equations on the chalkboard, and he goes, Now, if anyone in here doesn't know what these equations are, get out of my classroom right now. And I got my books, walked out, and I had an extra study hall my senior year. Okay, so just to wrap up the show, we'll just do Carm story time. I was not a good high school student. I was a horrible high school student, all right? You weren't worse than me. No, I wasn't, apparently. <laughs> well, at least I learned some stuff. But, And I do remember in freshman algebra, um, somebody crying because just middle of class just starts bawling crying why are you crying i don't know how to factor so at least at least least you didn't cry because you didn't know how to factor which was one of the more amazing moments in highland park i knew how to do two things in high school and that was do drugs and get girls and i ended up hooking jenny my senior year and jenny's my wife to this day so it looks like all those suckers learning how to do something in school I roped in the right one. Way, way to go. I mean, yeah. getting girl, getting your wife is way better than learning how to factor yeah. and, and making algebra there was two. There's nothing I was going to do in but, high school that was more consequential of where I'm at today than finding uh, the right one. Okay. All right. Well, I, you know, my first year of college was at the University of Hartford because I had such bad grades. So I went out east. And I, but I was put in the regular college. And they had a college of basic studies for people like you who – knew nothing about anything and and i was like <laughs> like the the first my first math class was basically algebra and i'm like how is this possible i'm gonna get an a in a college class that i took as a freshman and then there were people like you 
who were in the College of Basic Studies and like <laughs> couldn't like like reduce like fourteen a squared b c over twenty. Hell no. Yeah, you had no chance. So I just want to thank you for making life easier for me. Yeah. As we wrap up well, the show, when I became an iron worker for a short period of time, we had to take class, and math is very important in iron working. And that was the most math I ever learned in my life. You could have learned it. You just didn't and no, try. I did apply. Exactly. And I applied myself and I was much better there. And I was like, wow. Right. I could you do you, this, but I just didn't want to do you, it. You were smoking you, too much weed. You were elite at getting around things and having fun and, and being an idiot. And congratulations. Exactly I, right. I, I relate to all of that. All right. Thanks for watching today. We, thanks to Doug Plank for, for joining. Alan and a super Watson before yeah. you shut our party down ten dollars from alan watson with the rash of injuries carm's kind of like a rash with the rash of injuries the past few years is it our staff are overtraining avocado ice cream or what guys like plank and buckus never seem to be injured and the game was much more violent it's an impossible question to answer alan but i do and look the bears had had all the uh all the advanced analytics on when to play players, when to take them off the field, when to do this. Remember, they were doing their their slow walk throughs because they were trying to take care of themselves, and whatever went on didn't work. So I don't know what the future holds for that, but it's a good yeah, underlying. No, I mean all the non-contact injuries and guys, you know, two a days and and having two jobs back in the day. Something to be said for that for sure. Kevin Carlson. $20. Let me read chat. this. Let me read this because you have to answer. Greg, if you have three beers and you drink one and give one to Carm, <laughs> how many do you have left? I want to be a diehard and I will once that happy hour happens. What's the address for the tailgate? Greg, you are awesome. First of all, answer the question. If you have three beers, you drink one, you give one to me, how many do you have left? One. All right. Hey. hey. Let's go. Address for the diehard, for the tailgate and can't wait for you to become a diehard, Kevin. Yes. Is, uh, uh, the corner of Wabash and Cermak, 2200 Wabash. Uh, the Chicago Bears tailgating club has uh, led us into their amazing lot. And, uh, yes, go to allchgo.com, hit the events tab. You can find your tickets there. You don't have to be a diehard to come to our tailgates. You just can get a discount on the tailgates in any future events and get a free shirt and all that stuff if you become one. But anybody can come. Just go to allchgo.com, find the tickets there in the events tab. All right, that'll do it. We will see you tomorrow with uh, the Bears brothers, Will, and Nick will be on tomorrow, and then pregame on Sunday at 11. We'll be at the tailgate at 7.30. At least Braggs will be. I, I'll be there at 8.30. You will be there at 7.30. I will be there at 8.30, <laughs> and, uh, and I look forward to being there at 8.30. And, hey. We're going to have plenty of tents. For anybody coming out, I know there's, you know, weather in the forecast, but let this bricklayer tell you, never trust the forecast. Never trust the weatherman. And also, trust, what does rain matter? It's just going to get you a little wet. Trust the bricklayer. We got plenty of tents. We're going to have vibes are included. Just come on out. Have some fun. Thank you to everyone it's in the rain? chat. No. The, rain in the forecast doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen. Uh, so right, yes, coming. hit that like button on your way out. Doug freaking plank. I'm kidding. Join I'll be standing show. in the rain with everybody. Let's we go. We got tents. Okay. Uh. Doug freaking plank. Join the show today. Thank you to Doug plank. Please hit the like button for Doug and subscribe. Plank. We're like and less subs- than 400 away. We are close 40, to hitting 40,000 40 subscribers on YouTube. Please tell your 
daughters, tell your mothers, tell your friends, tell your family. I don't know. Remember yeah. what Hawk Harrelson Just said. Stop talking. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon, for your <laughs> I love the show comment. It makes our day to see that type of appreciation. We, we appreciate you back. Have a great rest of your day. I'm back at two with uh, CSGO Sports, me and Kevin Kadick we'll, and Lawrence. We'll see you in a second. We all silly like the mayor. 